Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the Uplifting Impact Podcast. I'm Justin Ponder, Chief Information Officer with Uplifting Impact. And I'm excited to be hosting you today as we dive deeper into our journey to make the world more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Today, I'm very excited to be talking with Sharon Harvey Davis. Sharon is the Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and Chief Diversity Officer for Ameren. She is the organization's first Vice President for DEI and is responsible for leading all DEI strategic efforts, including diversity training, employee resource groups, diversity communications, and the Executive Diversity Council. Under Sharon's leadership, Ameren has been ranked as one of the nation's top utilities by Diversity Inc. for 12 consecutive years, and as the number one utility for five of the last seven. Sharon is passionate about giving back to the St. Louis community currently serving as the immediate past chair of FOCUS, St. Louis, and committee chair and executive committee member of St. Luke's Hospital. She has been recognized for her corporate and civic leadership, receiving the top executive and corporate diversity award from Black Enterprise Magazine, the Global Services Leadership Award, and Distinguished Black Alumni Award from St. Louis University, the St. Louis YWCA Leaders of Distinction Award, And I love this, the Troublemaker of the Best Kind Award by Cultural Leadership. Sharon was also named one of the most influential businesswomen by the St. Louis Business Journal. Wow, that's an impressive resume. Sharon Harvey Davis, welcome to our show. It's so nice to be here, Justin. Thank you for the invitation. So the first question we'd like to ask our guests is, what brings you joy? That was a tough question for me to um, think about. Uh, but what I, when I thought about it, I came down to impact. It is when I am seeing impact. And it can be the tiniest impact um, that I'm having on a person, my family, um, or it could be bigger impact in my community. I have a um, special needs daughter. So if, if she learns something new that I have taught her, um, Seeing that I have been able to have that impact, if it's at work, seeing a new program that I've implemented, um, that I was able to impact that, if I can say, oh, I helped do that. <laughs> uh, if it's something in the community where I've been able to be involved, um, that's what brings me joy, knowing that um, I am not taking up space on this planet, mm. but actually being able to contribute brings me joy. Fantastic. And it's also really inspiring seeing the ways that you make impact is on improving the lives for others, of helping them realize their full potential as well. So your bio states that you joined Ameren in 2002 as diversity manager. In your opinion, what advancements have been made in the DEI space since then? Mm-hmm. So when I started, I was manager of diversity. 
And diversity, at least how we define it at Amron, is basically around our demographics. Who are the people? What, who's in the seats? Um, who's in the pipeline to come in? Who's in the pipeline to move up in the organization? Basically, what do our demographics look like? That's where we started. Um, I then um, became director of diversity and inclusion. And then we started to think about one part is to get them into the organization. The second part is how to help them be connected, engaged, um, want to stay with the organization and be able to give their full selves to the job, be able to contribute at 100% and remove barriers to that. So inclusion happened. And then last year, equity happened. So equity is about um, removing barriers to people achieving excellence. And mm -hmm. if we look at where are their barriers and then how do we overcome those barriers and help either our coworkers or applicants or even community and customer customers overcome those barriers, then we're acting equitably. And, and that's the additional focus. So that's the growth I've seen is that starting beyond just the numbers of counting heads and colors and genders of people, but working to get them feeling included and removing barriers to their success. And I know we've got more questions to come, but so maybe this question is a little premature, but it's, it's so, it dovetails so nicely with what you've already said. So you started off with diversity and you've moved into inclusion and then equity as well. What do you see transpiring for the near future? Like what additional DEI advancements and developments do you anticipate that might kind of add, this is diversity, this is inclusion, this is equity, but here's a fuller piece or piece of the puzzle that helps us all come together better. So what's interesting is unlike, probably not unlike a lot of other areas in, in our corporations, is that um, external events impact what goes on internally. Mm -hmm. So when we look in the DEI space, got to look at what's going on in our communities, outside of our organizations, because it will be inside of our organization soon. It's going to come forward. So right now, one of the things that we are seeing is a whole lot of interest by um, investors, shareholders, other businesses, our communities into knowing what we are doing in the DEI space. Um, we've been saying a long time that DEI is part of corporate strategy because if you can't get this part right, it's going to impact how you do the business. People right. are getting that message, believing that message. And so if that's important to the success of the business, then what are you guys doing there? So what I see coming down the pike is a lot more transparency mm. with organizations and what their DE&I efforts look like, what we are doing in this area, how, how our numbers look, um, and what is our pipeline look like? What does our succession look like? Who are our leaders? Who's on our board? What are we doing to um, improve engagement? I see all of those things coming in the future. Yes. And I think that's interesting to a lot of our listeners who may be in organizations where they have a tough sell, where diversity, equity, inclusion, not everyone is on board and leadership and lots of people think of it as a philanthropic endeavor that costs the business money 
or it's something about hosting. This is what we do completely insular inside our entire organization. And I like the way that you framed it, keeping in mind that the outside community increasingly wants this as well, that the stakeholders are not just the people in the organization. It's the communities they serve. It's the markets they sell to. It's the shareholders who are thinking about buying stock. Mm -hmm. They want this as well. Mm -hmm. And not just that, it's our own coworkers that want to know. Our coworkers want to know, how are we doing? Um, you tell us we're doing good. I'm in Missouri. It's a show me state. Um, <laughs> tell me we're doing good. Show me. And I heard you mention it towards the top, or as some would say, show me the receipts, right? <laughs> show me, prove to me that you're doing what you said that, that you were doing. Yes. So if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the challenges you've faced within the DEI space? And how did you go about resolving those challenges? So we've talked about some of the changes, some of the greater opportunities, but what are some of the challenges that you've faced? Well, as a DEI leader, um, one of the challenges is how are you going to lead? How are you going to have influence? And as I talked about impact, how are you going to make that happen? So the challenges are figuring out how to build your influence and then using influence first and command second. (laughs) So it's good to have that hammer to say, you know, we can make you do this, but using it very, very rarely. So that means um, spending a whole lot of time building networks Mm. uh, within the organization. It's, It's spending a whole lot of time building credibility around DEI. And it's spending a whole lot of time helping people to have the understanding they need to support you in this area. If they can, if they can have the, all of that, feel connected to you, feel they can trust you and feel they have the information they need to support you, then you can put the hammer away and um, work with influence. I think that's something that a lot of our listeners, that's maybe one of the most profound realizations they have when they, often them coming from a background of being very interested in social justice movements and realizing the political pressure that you can exert upon elected officials to make legal changes doesn't necessarily translate in the same way in DEI space when I'm working with the people every day. You can petition, you can protest against an elected leader. But against a coworker is a little more difficult. And then also, I like what you said about the need for kind of building consensus and also like enthusiastic participation rather than just simply grudging compliance. That Mm -hmm. in order for these things to work, you have to kind of build enthusiastic participation. So, what challenges do you anticipate moving forward? Or what do you see on the glimmers of the horizon, not necessarily in your organization, but across the international business landscape? What new challenges are emerging that make the need for putting the hammer down more prevalent and getting enthusiastic participation even more important? Mm -hmm. I think. Um, what is the movie that says the stranger's in the house? He's in the house. Uh, uh, (laughs) Um, The challenges are going to come from our own coworkers. Our own coworkers are asking us, 
you know, tell me, show me what you're doing in this space. I don't feel connected. I don't feel as a woman, I can bring my full self and my issues and challenges to work. Um, I don't feel as a person near retirement that I'm valued and, and I feel dismissed. The, the challenge and the push is going to come from within. Our newer generations are so comfortable giving feedback and acting. <laughs> For change, yes. Leaving the building if they don't get it, right? And, um, that's different than what we saw in previous generations. You know, you kind of stick it out. It's a good paycheck. I got benefits. You know, don't love it, but you know, I can support my family with this. You know, more and more younger people are saying hogwash. I don't care right. if I support my family. I can, you know, that there are a whole lot of ways I can support myself or support my family. Um, if you're not fulfilling me and I'm not working in an organization I feel is credible and trustworthy and aligned with my values, I don't need to stay. Right. And that's going to be a big push. Um, that's what I see coming in the future. And also coming post-pandemic and seeing the social distancing measures that were put in place over the last year and a half, the international business world proved that we can telecommute and many organizations saw telecommuting works even better. So now all of a sudden, every organization that could have rested on some laurels saying, you know, I can get away with a little bit because where else is everybody going to work? Now all of a sudden, if I'm dissatisfied with my organization I'm working with, I can apply for a job halfway around the world from my bed with a few clicks on my computer. So I think it's important to realize the ways in which like with the housing market changes, when it becomes a buyer's market, organizations are going to have to do some changing because increasingly it's become an employee's market. Mm-hmm. And what do you find organizations do who are best prepared for those changes? Mm-hmm. Listen, you got to <laughs> you know, know what are the issues. You got to have lots of um, opportunities and build a framework where you can not just convey information, but receive information. You have to have all of those opportunities out there and then use them. When you get the information, use it and do something with it so that people know that they are being heard. Because if, if they don't feel like they're being heard, that that's going to be a concern. And they again, they don't have to stay. Unlike, unlike our parents, unlike my generation, um, we're not sticking around because we get good benefits. So, Ameren has been ranked as one of the nation's top utility companies for by Diversity Inc. for 12 consecutive years. First of all, congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. So, obviously, you folks have done something right uh, along the lines of what you're talking about. You're doing the listing. You're paying attention. What have you done to make sure Ameren is always keeping diversity, equity, and inclusion a top priority? So, mm-hmm. what's in the secret sauce and what can we learn as we're trying to cook in our own kitchens? So what I think is really important in this business is that you know that you are um, an analyst, that you know that you are um, a marketing specialist, Mm -hmm. that you know that you are a communication specialist, and that you know that you are a training and development specialist. So the important thing is that you know your numbers. And 
like I said, about 40% of my job is spent deep diving, being knee deep in numbers and data. That is so very important. And you got to know them. So you got to know your numbers around culture. You got to know the culture. You got to know how people are feeling, what's what's impacting them, what's bothering them. You got to know your communities because these people don't live in a vacuum. They're going out into our communities and coming into work and bringing those issues in. You got to know um, the demographics. You got to know where do we have gaps? Where Where does our workforce not look like the communities that we recruit from? And you have to know um, where those gaps are because the gaps define your programming. So if you don't have the analytics to tell you where gaps are, how do you do programming? How do you decide where my priorities are and what I need to do? So you have to know the analytics. You have to know them just like um, your finance department knows them and your accounting department knows them. You got to know them like that and do that same kind of deep dive. Because when you do that, you can figure out this is where the, the issues are. This is where I need more time. This is where my resources need to go. This is my opportunity for improvement. And without that, you can't do that. If you don't have access to them, get access to them. Make the case for why you need to know. People are sometimes not open to sharing data, but data is power. Hmm. If, you know the, if you know the numbers, you, you know how to have impact. And it's important that as DEI professionals, we have that data so that we can do those analysis and find those gaps, close the gaps, and, and have impact. So when you're not knee deep in the data, which I imagine is quite often, what are you doing to grow your learning? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good question because you got to continue to grow all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't ever get to a point where you say, I've got this deep. (laughs) Yeah, you you get there, you're going to be fall off your throne pretty quick because What is important is that you constantly have your pulse on what is happening in the world, in the communities, in your companies, because what's happening outside of your company is going to come into your company. What's happening inside of your company and how people are thinking is going to impact your ability. You constantly have to have that pulse. Talk to lots of people. Mm -hmm. You can't sit in your office, close the door, stay on your laptop. (laughs) And um, just just answer emails and be informed. You need to know. You got to read. You got to continue to build your leadership skills constantly. You have to talk to other DEI professionals. And in my job, I set aside fifteen percent of my time to do coaching, mentoring, and learning. Um, we, we are one of the longest and um, probably most um, mature DEI companies in our region. So people ask us a lot, how do I get started? How do I do this? How do I do that? I make sure that I make time to do that because one of the best ways to learn is to teach. So I also get to learn. So it's not just a, a, a nice thing to do, but a good thing to do. But I, I, I need to make sure that I also hone my skills in 
I can't ever sit on my laurels and say, okay, I got all the things I need now. Well, thank you so much for teaching us. You said mentioned the value of teaching and you've done so much for us today. So we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here. How can people get in touch with you? Okay. Well, I'll give you two pretty easy ways to find me. One's on LinkedIn and I'm Sharon Harvey Davis. So that, that should find me. I don't think there's another Sharon Harvey Davis. <laughs> Hopefully that gets you there. And then our Amron website. And just to know our Amron website, we have a DEI section on the front page when you go to Amron.com and Amron's A-M-E-R-E-N.com. The DEI section will get you in. There's a place to make comments. Um, but there's a lot of free learning. One of the things that we do is all of the training we give our coworkers, we also make available for free um, uh. public. And that's that's um training uh, the train the trainer materials that's the participant materials that's the videos that's all of that so those two places i think you can find me and i look forward to hearing from people all right like a good teacher you just gave us some homework so thank you very much and thank you for joining us today sharon harvey davis it was a pleasure thank you we're so glad that you tuned into this week's episode of the Uplifting Impact Podcast. We need more people to help us uplift the impact. In order to do so, be sure to share this episode, comment on it by going to our website at upliftingimpact.com or provide your thoughts directly to us through LinkedIn at Uplifting Impact, looking for Justin Ponder and Deanna Singh. Until next week, keep uplifting the impact. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.